Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello there, you lovely people. Welcome back to the Fallout Bar here at Online Dart. Grand Slam Day number seven. Myself, Jack Govagawa, joined by the one and only Mr. Lee Boyce. Yeah, I can see you in the chat room, Dan. Don't worry, we'll get to you very, very well, not very soon. We're going to drag it out as long as possible so we don't have to talk about you fluking that. Um, how are you, Mr. Boyce? Barney on me. Yeah, all good. What a night. What a night of darts. One thing I will say, obviously, we'll down to the dames in a minute, but I think no one would have predicted that many leads of darts tonight. The fact that we went so deep in both that just produced then another sensational night of darts we've at one stage all four of them would have been favorites to win that day (laughs) because all of them had a lead that justified that it was just a great night that to me the grand slam's quite low down in the sort of tournament list but this week has delivered yeah i mean someone's just posted i think it was weekly darts cast they just posted the um 2020 quarterfinals and they were pretty impressive as well but been chatting to Helen Chamberlain this evening. It's like it's easy to get lost in the hyper early, but this could genuinely be the best Grand Slam ever, given the levels that we've had in the group stages, a couple of surprises in there, and the performances that we've seen in races to tens and now races to sixteens with two more cracking games set up for tomorrow. Uh, big good evening to everybody in the chat room: Kieran, Jamie, uh, James, Dan, Bob, Letter to Voltaire, uh, Daniel's in, Tommy's in. Um, Nolte Jackson, Tommy's in. Who else is in? HJV's in. Good to see you, buddy. Fabian Balzer, Yankee Clippers in. Jesus in. Daniel's in. Uh, Barry's in. Um, before we go any further, we're no doubt going to talk about it a little bit later on. Uh, I'd just yeah. like to uh, pop this up on screen. I'm, I'm not apologising. You will not get an apology from me at all about the predictions last night when we get on to that bit. Um, job done. Right, that's it. <laughs> You ain't getting one. If, if that's what you're here for, to look at me grovel, go away. Because at 20 past 10 on a Friday night, I ain't begging nobody. Leave it till about anyway. 10 to 11 and then maybe he starts to then. Trust me, he's the night for the <laughs> No. 
I will, my, me and my Lucas Aid will be absolutely fine. Thank you very much. Um, Harry, we will definitely come back to that point uh, a little bit later, but I'll flash it up now. That double top to go 15 13 in front. I was having lots of conversations in that leg, and I said very much the same. However, we start in the other quarterfinal for tonight. Helps if I've actually got what's going on tonight up on my screen, wouldn't it? Um, still Googling how to spell Conor McGregor so I don't mess that up. <laughs> we start with a 31-leg classic uh, between Michael Smith and Joe Cullen. Um, more consecutive legs, one on the spin for Michael Smith to get over the line in this one, Boise. But just what a great game of darts this was. Yeah, I know, I know I mentioned it with like all four players at one stage being in front and being favourite in their day. But this one really did toss and turn with such a good performance early on by Michael Smith. Numbers being eaten. The fact that Joe Cullen was still with him at 6-4 early on probably showed the signs of the levels that Joe Cullen could still produce. The fact that he was able to spin it round and go into the back end of the game and be 15-13 up. But what bottle? And I know that's associated normally with the word job after it when it's Michael Smith as a bottle job, a lot of people tend to say. But my God, what bottle that is at 15-13 to go 15 on throw, 11 against the throw and 15 on throw. Cullen under pressure has got to throw a 12 darter in any of those leads to win. Otherwise, he loses, which is what happens. But we was on about it earlier on in the week. I can't remember if it was last night with yourself or Dan around, you know, a 16, 17, 18 darter under pressure is fantastic. The fact that Bully Boy threw in a 15, 11 and 15 was just incredible at that time. And that showed what bottle that does, though. Yeah, I mean, look, Colin probably played the better darts through a large part of this game. To stick with Michael Smith, who went off like an absolute train off the tracks, is, is the phrase I'm going to use. The 170 was absolutely massive. He just kept landing finishes and, and that, that counterpunch, if you like, from Joe Colin to stay within touch. And once he'd weathered that storm from Michael Smith, he sort of started to believe this would be Joe Cullen's day. Michael Smith threw pretty much everything he had at Joe Cullen in that early stage, couldn't shake him off and still found himself behind a few legs later. But as you said, those last three legs really did spin it for Michael Smith. Yeah, they did. And it was just that the manner of the performance, even if, I guess, if someone is sort of writing down there, you expect 31 legs between Michael Smith and Joe Cullen's though, you expect a lot of high stores. Do you expect 44, 140 pluses and 25, 180s? Probably not, because that number is just ridiculous in 31 leads of darts. Also, for Joe to be on over 50% at that format, and yes, Bully Boy dropped off towards the end, but for a large part of that was also over 50%. Um, it just showed the level that these two are at and why they are two of the best in the world right now, and they are... We're not going to go into the sort of chat of the Premier League, but they tend to look at that being sort of the elite eight. But these two are right in the mix for that because what these can do under pressure and what they can do over the London format just sets it up perfectly for um, the World Championship in just a few weeks' time. It does indeed. Finishing stats superb from both. The 170... I don't even know where to go with this. It was, it was just solid, wasn't it? They played at a good pace. There was no excessive emotions they're both relatively young hitting their peak perhaps and both still have plenty of darts ahead of them let's look, you've predicted michael smith to win this tournament 
which I thought was a little bit nonsense at the start of the Grand Slam. And I'm, I'm still not convinced. But as results keep unfolding, especially after what we're going to discuss in a minute and the second semi-final, I can't see any other outcome but Michael Smith in the final once again, which means that, he's going to get chances. And over a longer distance, he's, he's got to get there soon, hasn't it? That now worries me because last night, you was having strong words with me and Dan and saying, anyone who thinks it's not Derwin Price and MVG in the final is talking absolute nonsense. And now you're saying exactly the same about Michael Smith, <laughs> which worries me massively now for Saturday and for Sunday, sorry, because of that comment. But he, the fact he keeps getting there and when he was getting to finals, the first two or three finals, I would probably say they really hurt. You could tell they really hurt. But more recently, when he's getting to the back end of these tournaments, it seems like it hits him for a few minutes and then it's like, I'm coming back. I will get one. I'm not giving up. I will get a title sooner or later. And keep putting yourself in these positions and, you know, the coming through that. And I, I know um, Bridgie mentioned it to Smithy about the amount of times he's been on the other end of this result. The fact that he's now on the, the right end just shows where that Michael Smith dame is right now and he's... He's, if he doesn't go on and win this week, he's certainly got to be one of the favourites for the players and the worlds. Just coming up to the form he's in at the moment, not just with his storing, but his biggest part of his day this week has been his finishing. Not his storing, and how often have we said that about Bully Boy? Not very often, indeed. I think there was a line that he said in his post-match TV interview. We're going to play a clip from his post-match press conference afterwards. His post-match TV interview where he said, for any kids out there, it's just constantly looking forward to the next game. And there is probably no player in the game that has more experience of that right now, but has the ability and the mentality to just pick himself up and go again and keep trying and keep trying to get that first title. And I suppose if or when that does happen, his response to a defeat in the future, knowing he's got one in the back pocket as well, is going to be even more frightening for the rest of the field. It, it is. It's, it seems to be every interview or the majority of the interviews he's having, he's like, when I win that first one, I'm going to forget about it and focus on moving forward. Which for me, is the, he keeps saying it. One, I don't believe it. And two, I'm not sure it's the right mentality. You want that winning mentality and that feeling that you have you can achieve it. And I would sort of be telling him, go and get that first. And then remind everyone a bit MVG like and maybe Derwin Price more recently going, yeah, I'm the world champion or yeah, I just won that last one. And sort of putting that pressure on people. And yes, it can come onto yourself sometimes, but it's just a very, very dangerous Michael Smith. The only thing that probably is the worry, as is with all four when it comes to it on Sunday, is we know how brutal that Sunday session is. The fact that you have to play such two long format games over that day, it can be very difficult, but that might actually play in favour of Michael Smith because he hasn't got long to think about being in the final. If he gets there, and he's still got one more down to win before he does, but he hasn't got too much time to mull over being in that final and he can just start with him. Yeah, he can. Right, let's hear then from Michael Smith in his post-match press conference. 
Um, it was the 15.30 when he, he, he hit some at 180 and then some at, some at 180 to leave double four. And I checked the 70 out. I knew he wouldn't have a good leg and he could have proved me wrong and had a good leg, but it just showed up where he never, he, he would have fought like probably the way my tops have been going. He was expecting a shot. Yeah, I pulled it out of my ass from somewhere and he went in. And I just, all, I just knew if I could break him then, 15.40 involved a bad leg. I'd win the match, it's just keep him straight, keep him steady and just reset yourself. It's a one-leg shootout and yeah, I've made a um that car quicker than I was expecting. Where did, where, oh, where did he say he pulled it from? No idea. <laughs> I'm too busy arguing with the Raymond Van Barnum fan club via WhatsApp. Is that your it is Joe, hello, mate. <laughs> In fact, you know what? Before we even talk about it, I had to. I just had to. The Barney alarm has been played in a non-pro tour environment because. The man has beaten Gerwin Price in a knockout game at the Aldersley Leisure Village. That is impossible. Or has proven to be impossible for the last couple of years. Barney, in his return to PDC a year later, look, it's not been by far, it's not really been the return that everybody expected from Barney. Doesn't play well enough on the floor events to put himself in these TV tournaments anywhere near as often enough, but he just loves this event, doesn't he? Yeah, but, and let's be honest, no one in their right mind would have predicted Barney to win um, the game tonight. Yeah, I've seen that comment in the chat room, Dan. Um, but it, it was the, it's not just Barney beating Price, it's the manner that he's beat Price. The fact he was so far behind and he started really well, but still found himself in a situation where he's behind and he fought back, and I've never seen, and I'm sure there's, there, there may be another time, but I've never seen Barney enjoy a walk on as much as he did that first one. The smile from when he was first standing at the, the top before the walk on, he was just enjoying every single moment of it. And yes, we know what Price's story like is at Aldersley, but Barney's got his only street in the Midlands, and it, it seems like he wants to add to that because. That was just quality from Raymond today, and few people wrote him off. Two of them are on your screen right now. One of which I could read out the messages that I received early on in the day, um, but I won't dub. That was still saying this. This isn't going to continue. But what I will say, is me in, in the WhatsApp going, yeah. yeah, don't get sucked in. Yeah, but what I, what I will say is, we would have been obviously we was having their messages early on. But we wouldn't be the only people. The majority of the dying world, just because what we've seen recently of Barney, would have been saying, this is great, the performance early on, yes, showing a bit of emotion, but can he do that over 30 legs, over roughly 30 legs? The fact that he was able to was just was just stunning. It was just, as I said, rolling back the years for, for Raymond. And that smile said an awful lot, didn't he? Yeah, look, I think... You nailed it about the walk-on about I don't think you see them that happy. But I think in his mind, that was an absolute free roll to him because he did not expect 
to go and produce that or, or to go and get that win. He was like, I'm just going to take this in. I'm not qualifying for enough TV events at the minute. We'll be at the World's Players' Championship. Just get used to being back up on stage, big TV cameras again in big matches and try and use it as motivation for later in the season. I genuinely don't think, deep down, Barney thought he could win that match tonight. At all. Don't get me wrong, five-time world champion, and he's probably got a slightly different mentality to me, full stop. But given where he's been for the last few years and everything else, over that distance, I genuinely don't think Barney would have gone into that match believing he's got a serious chance of beating Gezi. An outside chance if Gezi doesn't turn up to defy a, a 101 average from Price, who's at 41% on his doubles, 11 180s and, and whatever else, I genuinely don't think he would have seen that coming at yes. all. And, yes. and to be trading 8-3, I can't lie, I was sat there very, very smug about my prediction last night, saying it was going to be 16-7. I did not see a way back into this match. Yeah, well, I didn't see part of what you're saying. I think every, obviously every player does in the mindset of winning, but it was a bit of a, we'll say more of a free hit. No one was expecting it. It's probably the right way of putting it, but the, when he's 8-3 down and then he wins 11 out the next 13 to the 14 10 in front, that for me is when Barney started to believe he could win because we saw a drop. We saw a level of drops. We saw a, a couple of 60s. I think we saw um, maybe even a couple of 41s or 45 in there. Um, and we saw that sort of drop, but he then realised there was an enjoyment back there. And when he was leaving certain finishes, he left 170 and... One five six, and he was just sort of smiling to himself in the back, thinking it. It looked a little bit like he was playing it as an exhibition, in the sense of he was just, I'm leaving shots because you know I can give these crowd a massive roar and really get up and down. I just there was just so much about it that was great to see for people who have seen Barney for 10, 20 years doing great things. I think we all got to a part where we probably thought that we wasn't going to see that level of performance from Barney over that long format and. Let's be honest, Dob, Derwin Price was one of them early in the week who says that, yes, you beat him over a short format, but that long format is a completely different game. Yeah, I still just didn't see it coming. And it was mentioned earlier, and I've got to bring up that moment. 14-11, Price wins. Hold. Big break. Big break on Barney. Doesn't react. Then a big, big hold in which Barney has darts to break again. And lets out the roar. And at that point, I still only saw one winner. And at 14-11, if Barney wins an X and goes 15-11, fine. I can start believing at that point. A four-leg gap, one away, completely different. But when Gezi takes out those three legs on the spin and lets out that roar exactly the right time, puts pressure on the Barney throw next, I'm like, this is where he will crumble. Because the last two legs, he'd been poor as well. He'd been very poor to let that happen. The trebles just weren't flowing. He started dropping low with the darts. He started changing his pace a little bit on the throw, but the 71 that Barney took out, 13, 18 tops. I, I'm just, I, I had four different chats going at once going, this goes low. <laughs> I just, it, it was just pulling it all day, every day in my eyes. And to hold it together in that moment, to reach 15, was that sucker punch on Gezi? Just too much to do at that point. The next leg was superb from Barney once again. Do you know what? If he'd finished on his signature 156, that is the proper fairy tale, isn't it? You, I love this line. You only get fairy tales in sport. And so if he'd done it on his signature shot, that would have been truly ridiculous. But a, a, a sensational performance from Barney to, to knock Gezi out on this stage. I mean, 
Let, let's have a quick word about Gezi because it's not a terrible performance. 101.78 over 29 legs, 40% on the doubles. He's, he's just been out-timed a little bit, if you like. But silverware is becoming a bit of an issue for Gerwin Price right now. Yeah. And one thing, looking at the, the two dames as well, I know we've criticised the fact that you can have that repeat dame quite early, but Derwin Price lost to Barney 5-4 early on the week, averaging 105.99. That dropped to 101.78 today. But actually, when you think about nine leads to 29 leads, that drop is probably to be expected. There's not a huge difference in performance there. The manner of 180s on Derwin Price is similar on par. And that day, Derwin Price played very, very well. But we just saw some magic from Barney. Not, I think the same today. It's just it was the right, right shot, right time. Proud had a positive impact on Barney. And to be honest, there was the one, I think it was 11-10 when Price sorted out the bid and there was a few boos. But then other than that, the crowd didn't play a part negatively. And then for me, I think that was very good. Um, and that is what a crowd should be doing. If you've got a favourite, support them and they will give you moments. And Barney near enough debut way, a neon perfect moment if to the finish one five six. But to Derwin Price, that has probably got to be the Warriors. This is his tournament. The past, what, four years? This is, he will take the COVID one. This has been his tournament. Aldersley has been his sort of home game. He doesn't lose in knockout stages. He's just that good. And the fact he's not been able to stay off the line when he would have been strong favourite in this game does just raise them question marks around when he wins the next trophy. We had similar conversations around Michael. It was more about getting that one and then more will start coming. Um, and I think it is just that with Irving Price. He's not playing bad. He's not playing bad at all. The, yeah, I mean, you know, he's, not, he's anyone... had over 100 as a tournament average in a format where you've got to yeah. go potentially 19 legs, 30 legs in the knockout, as well as averaging over 101 in that defeat to Barney in the group, beating Dave Chisnell, who is one of the most informed players in the world right now. Like, he's not played terribly. But the frustration of not picking up trophies right now will be getting to him a little bit, I think. Oh, yeah, 100%. And you've got to think as well this week, he's, he has survived. He's got through Chizzy and he, he should have been out in that one. Chizzy missed two. Um, opportunities of that as well for Noppy. And it was just that it's just been a survival for Price, where normally you do see winners normally have that one day where they've survived a, a maybe a match dart or a lead dart going into a, a throw. But Desi survived quite a lot this week. But tonight, he didn't do an awful lot run. No, but um, I guess part of that is pressure. Yeah. And part of that is, is reputation. And he's earned that over the last couple of years. I'm sat there going, well, I literally called out what Desi would do. When he, my brother sat there. I did the same with Van Gogh and the other night. I was like, oh, Josh will lose this 10-8, be the plucky loser. It's just the way this sort of thing goes. Because what, Van Gogh wins three of the next four. I was like, yeah, it's just one break and then it's job done. I was like, Barney, hold. Uh, Price, hold. Break, no emotion. Hold again. Big roar, let him know you're there. And at that point, he just built up that reputation, that inevitability. And if we can see that coming from Miles Offers fans, and all right, I'd probably take a little bit more notice than most, but if, if we can see that, sale of events unfolding before it even happens. And the players are aware of it as well. And when you hear that roar, and when you see that emotion from Gezi, and you think, actually, I've just had two off legs, 
he's built up that reputation of right this is what happens next Gezi goes mad or gets to a last leg decider and he gets out in four visits as he, as he often tends to do he, he's earned that as a reputation so it still goes both ways but it's just interesting to set right let's hear from barney then we'll look at tomorrow and then we'll discuss anything else guys in the chat room want um as short show tonight but here is barney yeah of course if, if you win the world number if you beat the world number one twice in one tournament hey come on what can you say uh it's not a coincidence then he played awesome i saw him uh, one and a half hour before uh, before the match he went down to practice on his own you know and downstairs before the match and that's professional and uh... i'm sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. He's, he's a top-class player. He's, he's an amazing... Wow, last four years he won this competition three times. If I can beat him, you know, wow, come on. We hear your old rival, Mr Taylor, has been on, on the phone giving you some <laughs> well, encouragement as well. well he's, 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 he's there all the time, you know. He's giving me uh, text messages, you can do this, buddy, and I believe in you. And Yeah, the, uh, I really appreciate that. He, he doesn't need to do this, you know. He's, he's the best ever dart player in the world. And uh, we had many fights, and many, many, many games in the world, and and, and he's behind me, and that that's give me an incredible good feeling, and uh, I don't want to disappoint this man, <laughs> and I don't want to disappoint my family, and my future wife. Uh, wow, what 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 a battle, and uh, I'm so happy. You cannot you cannot describe in words how happy I. Interesting there from Barney mentioning Mr. Mr. Phil Taylor. I rate that, especially as a well. I guess after this performance, Lee, for the last two years, you could have basically said that perhaps this wasn't the return to PDC you wanted for Barney, and we might see him in the World Seniors a little bit soon. After this performance, I don't think we're going to see him in the Seniors anytime soon because there is a lot of people throwing out my least favourite words at this time of the year in the Premier League. I went a bit bold yesterday and was like, anybody that thinks this won't be Price versus MVG in the finals is a bit naive. Barney will not be in the Premier League. Even if he wins this event, he will not be in the Premier League. He, he just won't. So, right? I, I don't care yes. about the commercial draw of Barney. He had too many chances before and he rubbed up the wrong people. He rubbed up people the wrong way in doing so. The way that he left the sport, the way that he then returned, he basically got given that last year as a retirement gift from the PDC. And to return 12 months later irked an awful lot of people, right? They're not about to just chuck that straight back at him, especially not in the new format where you've got to play three times in one night, lots of traveling, right? One good tournament from Barney 
does not bring back the five-time world champion of 15 years ago. The only thing I would say to it is the thought of him being in the Premier League for me is very, very, very early. This this discussion will be completely different to Monday night if Barney's Grand Slam champion because there is still a long way to go. I think anyone who wins ATV major or whatever you want to call it, one of the uh, one of the big events, one of the big one of the big favourite sits. Have goes to ahead be, of Danny Nocky in the pecking order as well. Yeah, they have to be in that conversation, 100%. Yeah. But for me, it's way too early on the basis of, yes, he's beat Derwin Price. It's a fantastic win and to, to stop the run of Derwin Price orders late is huge. However, as we've seen plenty of times with people beating number one or beating MVG or beating Phil Taylor many years back, you've then got to follow that up. He's at the moment, he's not even in the Premier League conversation until for me, until he goes on and wins one. Because of where he is at the moment. If if then over the next year we then consecutively in semi-finals and finals, that's and sort sort of then in the Michael Smith bracket of not yet winning one but still in that conversation. Right now, Barney to not be in the Premier League conversation until he goes on and picks up that title. The, all the marketing and all that sort of stuff, the commercial aspect. Yeah. From, there's, a, a, there's, a, there's another eight players who can bring that as well. Yeah. We've seen that in his last year. From a channel that are quite open with you guys watching about, it's not just about the darts when you go into the Premier League. For us to be sat here saying that Barney ticks those boxes but still won't be selected probably comes across a bit weird. It's not the message we've really given as a channel for the last 18 months or, or more. But I just think the way that his career or his first stint in the PDC came to an end before COVID and whatever added to just the fact they've shrunk the field. We've seen them get a little bit frustrated with Gary Anderson this year. We've seen them get frustrated with Barney in the way that he left and whatever else. There isn't room for that sentimental pick anymore. Not in a shrunken field, not in an era where... You've got players knocking on the door. You've got Luke Humphreys up to world number five without ever winning a TV title. You've got Marcus Smith sat at number four about doing the same, right? Appreciate glorified exhibition, whatever else. But I'm telling you all now, ginger, ginger mess. I'm telling you all now, you've got more chance of seeing Fallon Cherok in the Premier League than you have Raymond Van Barneveld. And she has had the worst year of her PDC career so far. Barney's having one of the better ones in the last 10 years. Uh, yeah. I, I just boot him out. I can still see him in the, for everyone who just saw him jump in, we can still see him in the background. Yeah. And uh, it, let me just say, it's not a pretty size at all. Um, but the, the one thing, one thing we should do, even though he's not on tonight, Dan Simpson deserves a little bit of credit, Dob. We did say we'd give it him because he did predict this um, this Barney win. And he, I know he's the new, he blew up our group chat. He's already been in the chat room quite a lot. But he was one of a few people who expected it to go that way tonight. So he deserves the credit, Dan. But that's it. We're moving on now. That's all you're getting. <laughs> yeah. We've only said that because we think you've put it on in your pub, Dan. So we just want to get you a, a little name drop in your own venue. There we go, mate. That's, yeah, that's mate. for you. And to everybody having a fight. <laughs> hey. um, what you talk about, I'm not jealous at all. I'm just giving you it how it is, right? 
we know more than whatever you see. We, we've been involved in conversations in the past. I'm telling you now, the PDC were pissed at the way that Barney came back just a year later after basically handing him a full-time retirement tour on a plane. Right, He was never going to be in that Premier League in his final year. The best way for him to end his career was on that stage in the Netherlands, and he didn't he came back due to commercial reasons. And then a year later, he's gone back for a Q school. The reaction at that point was of genuine frustration and annoyance, right? They're not about to hand out a golden ticket to one of the most lucrative TV events that they've got, no matter how commercially viable he is after this. Look, if he wins a Grand Slam and goes and gets the world semi-final, my opinion very well might change. But as it stands right now, I don't see that happening. Even if he beats Michael Smith, I don't see him winning the final because there's no way he's going to win. I just don't see him competing for 60 legs in the same day. He's in a much better shape than he was when he left the sport or when he left the PDC two years ago. But I still don't think he's got that in him. We've just said he can't do it over 30 legs, granted. But to do that over double the distance in the space of five, six hours, no chance. Not against two players of Michael Smith and potentially Michael Van Gerwen's quality. I just, I just don't see it unfolding in that way. And it's not jealousy. It's not bias. It's none of that. It's just taking everything into account and not being caught up in the moment of the fact that Barney has just played a very, very good game in a tournament where he's looking very, very sharp. But to do this for six days in a year doesn't justify a spot in the Premier League. Yeah. and I think what we, we also need to remember with the Premier League is, yes, there's the commercial aspect to it. However, right now there's only eight players. And within the past... Seven, eight months, we've had calls for Noppy to be in for winning the UK Open, calls for Ross Smith to be in winning the European Championships. In the past two days, we've had quite a few people on social media and polls set up that Josh Rock should be in there. We've had now the conversation with Barney. Let's just say all four of all four of them go in the Premier League. It doesn't leave rest, leave much. And you've got to put in Price, you've got to put in MVG. You've got to put in MVG. He's got that price right, MVG and Michael Smith, because the top four rule still does. All match yeah. the same game. It's already been confirmed by Matt Porter. This year, they are rolling it over. It's definitely only eight players. We can so, po- you can possibly, at this moment, take out James Wade and Rob Cross, but then you've got to have a conversation about Joe Cullen, last year's finalist, Johnny Clayton, Luke Humphreys. Dave Chisnell's playing well again. You've got Danny Nopper as UK Open champion, Ross Smith, European champion. Nathan Aspinall made the final of the last event and is still in this one as well. Let's not rule him out yet, especially with the players coming up as well. You've got potentially a shock winner at the Players' Championship to come and somebody going deep at the World Championship. Then you've got the commercial element of the Premier League being an advertising marketing tour. So Josh Rock, get him in early. Fallon or or Bo or whoever might go and do bits as a as a female player at the World Championship or, or whatever else might still come. There's so much going on right now. It's not hate on Barney at all. I just think that Barney has had his opportunity the same way Gary Anderson could go and make the semi final or the final of the World Championship. Gary Anderson could probably go and lift the World Championship. And I'm still not sure Gary gets picked again this year because he's done it for so long and taken it for granted for a few years and just isn't interested. As, as a world as a world champion in back-to-back years and nearly going three finals, whatever, Gary Anderson was a fantastic world champion. One of the best to ever carry the mantle in the way that he approached it, the way that he interviewed and, and carried that for a couple of years. But he's lost that drive now to go and do all that side of the game. 
yeah. the, the sport needs to evolve a bit. The, the only thing out of that you've just said, I agree with near enough all of it. The only thing I disagree with is if he does want to win the world championship, does that apply to anyone? You win the world championship, you tend to be in the Premier League. But I know yeah. that I know what you the point you was dead in the cross with Dando. One thing I think to to go back to what he's done tonight and what he's done over the past six days has been fantastic. But when we talked about Premier League picks, it tends to be either going on and lifting a trophy or doing it over a year or two and showing that you are at capabilities. And for me, this conversation, I understand why we've had it tonight because there's a lot of talk on socials and everywhere around um, Raymond being back in the Premier League because of it. But, left before the yeah. world, isn't it? So, the thing for me is this, this just selection time. It shouldn't happen just yet. Let him go and play on Sunday. Let him go and potentially go and lift it. Does he's got a chance? I know you're saying doing it obviously to the lads is going to be difficult, and trust me, it definitely is for Raymond. But if he then goes on and lift it, then it's a completely different conversation. Because for me, a major TV winner should be in the Premier League, and that's something I I've said before, and I think that should be. But let him go and win it first because it's a long way to go. I know it's only two games. But it's potentially up to sixty lads of darts, or a little bit more. That is an awful lot of darts. It is indeed, and then world rankings and whatever else come into it as well. Like, even if he wins this, I think he goes up to twenty fourth, still sixteen places behind Danny Knopper in the rankings. He goes up to twenty third, just jumps above Merv if he wins yeah. it. Yeah. Still plenty behind Danny Hopper. So we shall see. Right, let's look ahead then to tomorrow as if we haven't had enough fun as it is. And it's prediction time, Lee, because that went so well for us yesterday. <sighs> Gary was 27th in the world and got picked before, but he had a back injury and was still winning titles and, and doing whatever else. Barney got picked in the 20s in his final year. It won't happen again. Dob, I feel like I feel like Mr. Bars has been fishing with Darry Anderson tonight because he's taught a few from you. I'm I'm not gonna lie, he's had you outline and synced all night. He <laughs> <laughs> is really that you're real dude. But yeah, we move on to tomorrow night. <laughs> Aha, look what I did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's look but at the worst bit. The worst bit is I could see you looking for the button, that's why I stopped. <laughs> Go away, Philip. Otherwise, I could have not done this show and you could have done some work for a change, man. Right, first game <laughs> tomorrow night, uh, race to 16. You know what time it is as well, by the way, guys. Um, get your predictions in. Uh, Boise, as you've made me host, you get to predict all of these first. You should have thought about that at the start of the night, shouldn't you, pal? Uh, first game, Alan Suter against Nathan Aspen. Where are you going with that one? The reason I let you um, be host is because Dan Simpson's borrowed me the staff. That's why I've got um, that drink being supplied <laughs> for me after last night. He's just had, he's hired me the staff and sent them down safe. Um, I see this one being very, very tight. Suit is really impressed, not just on the stage, but in qualification. And you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for the shot. I'm going to go Alan Suit. Let's have the line. Um, 16 14 suits. Aspen will win 16 11 for me. 
I see it being close. Asp is obviously the favourite. I just see the Dame, the Dame being dragged into a battle and Which, probably not probably not too dissimilar to player in the top eight or top sixteen. You probably then give the advantage to Suter if it does go to a battle. But of all the players prepared for a battle, Nathan Aspinall tops that list. It's literally yeah. what he's made a living of. To, to back that up, Dobby's if it, that's close to 13 apiece or around that mark, Derwin Price wins tonight, but that didn't happen. So anything in that is happening in this Grand Slam. Um, and I just I just think there's that level there from Suits at the moment. I do I do think it's in debt over the line against Asp, but the one thing I'm, I'm feeling fairly confident on is we'll see 28, 29 leads, if not a couple more. I do think it does, it does really tight. But I do think suits and just that out of the line. The, well, the, the different, the difference from the difference from tonight is where the dames went so much one way, and then flipped back and went the other. I don't think suits and ass will go that way. I wouldn't be surprised if the the furthest someone's in front is probably three leads throughout, not the five or six that we've seen tonight, if not a few more. I do think it'll be tight throughout, but suits that's over the line. Contrary to what you just said, I think if somebody does open up a big lead, I think it's more likely to be Asp. Or, let's rephrase, if Aspinall opens up a big lead, Aspinall wins. I I don't see Suter coming back at an Aspinall lead, but I do see Aspinall with that ability to go back at Suter. Would you see Barney coming back at Price? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) No, lightning does not strike twice, Mr. Boyd. It does this week. Anything's right. happening at the slam. And if it does, I get to uh, sit and discuss it with Cam tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> Do I still hate this best of 31 format after tonight's match? Look, we've, we've produced and seen some very, very good darts over that distance. Brilliant. I just don't think it's needed. That game still would have been as good if it was race to 10 or race to 12. 16 or 17 or 18 is final distance for me, not quarter final, but don't make the rules. There's a format discussion ongoing with the PDC apparently about next year um, with the draw and perhaps maybe they might look at cutting down a day or something as well or, or saving a session so that semis a one night final just for one and we can drop some of these ridiculously unnecessary legs. But Phil's shaking his head at me. So probably not. Let's just carry on and dig our head in the sand. Uh, on to the final quarterfinal of the Grand Slam 2022. Uh, Michael Van Gerwen against Luke Humphreys. Um, how should this one go? From how they both performed last night, I see the level of MVG dropping slightly and Humphreys increasing. But not enough to cause an upset. I think MVG decks over the line to about 11. One thing I do think in this one tomorrow, I think we'll see a nine. I think we will see the set of nine of the week tomorrow. And I think it'll be in the MVG Humphreys down. What's your score prediction? I'm going to fire some up on the screen now. Farzy. Shock was back, Michael Van Gogh. I didn't imagine my surprise. A bit one sided from Jamie. 16-11 to MVG. Back in with Jack. I've got MVG too as well. Look, 
I know I said it about Gezi and this air of inevitability, but over this distance as well, it just takes something special to stop them. And we've seen that from Barney. Look, we're getting it a lot in this tournament. I just don't see it striking again and again and again. Luke would have to get out early, put him under pressure. If Luke's 7-3 up or something after the first two sessions or, I don't know, 9-6 at, at the third mini break or whatever it is, then big chance. But if it goes close, I just think Michael's just got this edge back to his game right now. It just means he just doesn't lose close ones. Not yeah, anyway. I, and I also think, Dob, the, the, I don't think he'd admit it, but there's that extra motivation now that he's clear favourite to the lift this title Michael Nett as of Peter Wright and Derwin Dowin that that will have changed the mindset and if there's an, an extra bit of motivation that's needed that he needs to clean up this field that is certainly there now and I think we'll see that from the start and I do think yes it's over on the format but I think we'll see MVG fly out the blocks once more so the Luton Humphries needs to stay with him within that those first 10 and 15 um, even if it's 9 sits after Sid's Dean if MVG flies out the blocks Think that will be old Dave Rumphries because he's then maintained it. But I do think we'll see a, a, a fast start from MVG and, and that nine will come quite early then. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that Luke's inexperienced, but where these games are so long, if you do get a big comeback in a game before, it starts going on longer than you expected or it's done sooner as well. I think Michael has been in every situation possible in the PDC. He will be ready for that start whether he's sat waiting for one leg to be completed for 25 minutes or it's dragged out or it's soon. There is a chance that Luke might get caught out with that as well, with that early start or, or, or whatever start in that one as well, when you wait for the game before. And I just think Michael will be ready out of the blocks, especially the way he's played so far. So um, prediction, Dan's Barney versus him. We're not, we're not predicting that. You can wait for that one tomorrow. But I did like your previous comment, Dan. And then what's my opinion on the format that reverts at Aspinall's hands? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're not going to repeat that tonight. What's the line you're going for, though? Oh, good point. Uh, 16, I don't know, 16-11 again. I think both are 16-11. So you're topping me. Okay. Fine. Okay, yeah. 16-12. <laughs> I want absolutely nothing to do with you, Mr. Boyce, apart from the fact we have the same job. <laughs> And with that, folks, we might as well wrap up the show. Thanks for watching this evening. We really do appreciate you joining us here on the Fallout Bar. A uh, big thank you to everyone that makes this show happen, uh, especially to our friends at Boyle Sports for sponsoring all of our Grand Slam of Darts coverage. Um, Full-length post-match press conference interviews are available on our YouTube channel right now. We just played you a small clip, so head over there once you've finished. Uh, the Moda Super Series is live on Sporty Stuff TV and the Moda Super Series YouTube channel. So if you want even more darts, head over there and catch some darting action as well. Uh, the second half of the quarterfinals will be played tomorrow evening from the Anna's Aldersley uh, Leisure Village in Wolverhampton. Um, we'll be back tomorrow night myself and Cam Farlane will bring you all the roundup from those two semi-quarterfinals we've just sat here predicting. Um, and then there'll be no show on Sunday as we will be back on Monday night for the live lounge. We appreciate England are playing in the afternoon. Had they been in the evening, we probably would have moved it. But we're just going to get on with the show, get this Grand Slam reviewed, look ahead to the Players' Championship finals um, and any other news that we'll have to discuss on Monday evening. So normal time slot 
for that one. Um, yes, Lee, you can smile all you like. Um, we might have a fair bit to discuss at that point. I believe Phil sitting down with uh, the PDC potentially with some news to come on that as well. Get out my stream, Philip. <laughs> um, big, big thanks to everyone in the chat room for watching this evening. You guys are all stars. If you could just drop us a like on your way out, it really would help us as well. Um, and with that, it's time to wrap up tonight's show. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you all again soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.